Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Tourist. My name is Tom Jordan. I am your host. I am joined... Oh, this is... This is disorientating. I'm joined today to my left... Just let that sink in for a moment. To my left by Danny McGellan. Say hello, Danny. Hello, Danny. Hilarious. And a long, long way, the extreme other end of our outdoor banqueting table sits none other than paranormal expert Ross Andrews. Transvoidier, my drug! I'm and further away today. And he will... I was about to say he will not be speaking any English today, but it's... Uh, you can tell that's a lie, because it really has done. Uh, we are still in the era of social distancing, about which I have no jokes, because it is horrendous. Very, very <laughs> horrendous, but also very, very important. So I don't want to undermine that. But we are recording outside, so you might hear the odd seagull. He's a very odd seagull. He sounds like a dog. And, and <laughs> all sorts of... Thanks, everyone. All sorts of outdoor outdoor-y noises. noises. So I'm going to jump in today. Now, we, we live... By the sea. I'd say in a house. Just in, in a case house. Yeah. We, live, we live in a house by the sea. Not literally. A couple of tramps we, on it. We've a got a little yeah. bit of space. We're, we're not in danger of, uh, of our house falling into the sea due to erosion. Enough on the geography lesson. So what I thought I'd do is I'd tell you a couple of little tales from a not particularly well-known but highly respected tome known as Amazing Spooks and Mysteries by Peter Eldon. Oh, is that is that a new book or? I'm not even gonna. I'm not dignify e- that with an answer. No, that is the only book Tom has read. A, a new book. You say read. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guarantee when he reads it out now, you'll go. He's never read that yeah. before. <laughs> it's totally gonna sound like that. It always does sound like a surprise. Uh, a new books the only important books. Um, n- no. When did I say new books? Although I suppose new books are great because if you're a fan of the paranormal tourists, it's well worth yeah. checking out our Every literary collection. <laughs> Seamless. So this first one, and this is—I mean, this is short. This is this is a short one, <laughs> even by my standards. But so we can guarantee he has read this. One. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've got a slightly longer one to follow it up, and 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 it's worth mentioning that in the sort of seaside area that we do live, this is not so much the area of ice creams and bandstands. It's more the historical area of smugglers and wreckers, about which there's some debate. I was whether wrecking was was a thing, was a thing but certainly certainly dubious behaviour relating to. But if it was, it was happening here. It was happening here. Dubious behaviour relating to the acquisition of nautical cargoes. So this one is called Phantoms from the Deep, and actually takes place a long way away from where we live, which is uh, Cornwall at Forabury. Which am I pronouncing that correctly, Ross? Do you know, if, if, uh, if I knew what word a, you were trying to pronounce, I just... Forabury. Forabury. <laughs> am I pronouncing Forabury correct? Well, you're pronouncing it how you wish it to be heard. <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like if it to me. If you live so. in Cornwall and have been affected by the pronunciations <laughs> of this show, get in touch. How would they get in touch before we get to the end of the show? Ah, well, you could get in touch on Twitter at Paratourist. That's at Paratourist, or through our Facebook page, which is Paranormal Tourist. And that's the end of the show. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Good night. I'm glad that we have managed to lengthen this one-sentence story rather suitably. So, at Forabury in Cornwall, residents are used to hearing the sounds of bells coming from the sea and seeing the sight of a ghostly phantom ship. And the ship sounds spooky, but I thought the sound of bells coming from the sea, that's quite atmospheric. And how do they know it's not just a ship that has bells on it? How do they know it's not Santa flying over? And <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. Opening, uh, you're as as the resident most skeptic. 
you're sort of opening it up a bit. Are you suggesting to me that maybe it could just be somebody, somebody ringing some bells? Yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. There is somebody with tinnitus. There's quite a history of bells in the mist mm. uh, at seaside towns, partly because several towns have disappeared underwater. And the last sound yeah. before the entire sea engulfed a village would be the bell that was still in the church tower because the church tower was the tallest ah. thing. So they, they were used to hearing a bell from a ghost town and seeing the top of a church that uh, as oh, the, wow. as the town had been sunk. There's one church that got eaten by a sand dune, basically. And I think that was in Cornwall, and I can't remember where. Is it near Forabury? Um, it could be. It could be the one. But the encroaching sand dunes or whatever basically just wiped out the village and this church. But it was something to do with they still did church services in it so that it, the church owned the land still by it being an active working church. And once a year they would <laughs> they would take the go through the roof that was still just about visible, drop a, a priest, vicar, whatever, into the church who would do a sermon to an empty church and then hoist him back out the top again. Ah, and I can't amazing. remember where it is. I'm gutted I can't remember, but they, that was in Cornwall. There's entire villages that have been lost to the sea and it could almost be like a cultural image so what would happen is if a church ended up underwater but people around there remember the church as soon as they hear a bell oh that's the church church from under the sea whereas it could be a ship's bell but it's misty you can't see the ship yeah but you're going, ah, oh, it's the ghosts of the, the church bell. <laughs> the ghost bell. Can't say it's a, it's a ghost bell. I've still got, I'm, I'm still stuck with the image of a priest, sort of Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible style. I think it's Did that film. Just, just, just coming, <laughs> like coming in, like on a, on a rope being lowered down, uh, to the music and then doing a sermon. Then I'm so with you. <laughs> Cruise out. <laughs> but they also, kind of, like we said about ghosts fading over time, it might be that, as the population dies off that even knew there was a village there, the ghost is disappearing because somebody hears a bell, they just go, oh, it's a bell. It's I don't know where it came from. Um, when in reality, you're going, it must be from the church that's under the water. When in reality, it could be literally from anything. Yeah. And if you don't know there's a church under the water, you're not hearing a ghost, you're just hearing a bell noise from somewhere, you assume it's something else. And then when everybody's dead, that's the end, that's the bell's end of the... The ghost. That's it, it disappears. Yeah. Ironically, when everybody's dead, the ghost is gone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um... If there's no one to hear a ghost as it falls in the forest, is it? Does it make a scream? Really a ghost? So, um, I'm not going to advertise this as a fun fact, but, uh... <laughs> but it's a fact. But, but it is a fact. I might put but, that, just start putting that disclaimer on all the stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say um, it's a fun show. Forabury uh, is, um, in Camelford. So near, well, actually, and near like up. Tintagel and Boscastle. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Which we covered a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Bodmin. Yes, yes. Uh, it's seamless. And so I'm in you, Boscastle, you, you could... there is a witchcraft museum, which is well worth a visit. I've been there. I'm guessing that you could go to Forabury and stand and listen to the sea, and if you're super lucky, Maybe you might hear some bells. Yeah. That's a nice little free one but there Danny for you. has just ruined her link. Oh no! He's got two stories. Remember, oh. another one coming coming at you. Thanks for not saying Cleopatra. So this one, this one is simply entitled "Shipwreck," and it's going to take us right across the other side of the lower half of the UK. So soon after the start of the Second World War, a guard on watch on the East Goodwin lightship. Oh, there's a little picture. It's like a lighthouse at 
See, amazing. Yeah, he's read the book. As we said, <laughs> he's read this book. But oh, no, never, I'm looking at the never pictures. Seen, oh, so, I'm sorry, you've never looked at the pictures before? I mean, not in that detail. You, you, carry, you carry on with your story, Tom. I don't, I don't need... I We're don't all need on board. This. I'm the host. Talk over here. You carry on reading your I'm book. the host. <laughs> I'm the host. East Goodwin Lightship, which, for those of you who are wondering, is a bit like a lighthouse bit in the sea. <laughs> bit on a ship. I mean, a lot Almost of lighthouses like in the sea. You could describe it like a light ship. So a light ship <laughs> could be quite heavy, though. Ironically, <laughs> light ship in southern England saw an old-fashioned paddle steamer run aground on the treacherous Goodwin Sands. The guard called the Ramsgate Lifeboat Station, and a life-saving crew sped to the scene. The whole area was searched, but there was no sign of any wreckage or casualties. When the guard related how the shipwreck occurred, it came to light that he had witnessed. I mean, probably, maybe, possibly witnessed that maybe, allegedly, he had, I've put that in myself, had witnessed, <laughs> seamless, the sinking of the SS Violet, a steamer that had gone down many years before. Or perhaps he's really lazy and it's taken him that long to report it. Maybe he was very, very, was very this? drunk. Ramsgate, Goodwin Sands. Goodwin Sands. Ghost ships, quite often people say. You know, we've talked about you're seeing the image of something that someone who has stood there before has seen. Yes. Famously, in 1998, a whole bunch of spectators lined the beach to try and find, uh, see a ghost, calendar ghost. As you know, I hate calendar ghosts. They never <laughs> appear on the day. Uh-huh. They had an experiment with a load of spectators waiting to see this ghost ship that famously would come down Goodwin Sands. It's not that one, though. It's a different one. Oh. Um, in 1998, and they were stood on the beach, and surprisingly enough, nothing happened, and they all went home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a perfect paranormal tourist experiment that resulted in exactly what they always do. Nothing happens on the day where it's supposed to happen. What was Lady Lovey Bond or something like that? Was the ship something? I can't really remember. Like, that name rings a bell for some reason. But Radio Caroline were not that far from there, out at sea. Is it 12 miles off the shore? Mm. So they used to broadcast from there, and the ship they were on was haunted as well. Uh, famously haunted because you could hear somebody, I think they called it Sam, would be wandering around on deck. But they even recorded it because it. And there it is! As if on cue! I don't know if that can, came out on the uh, recording, but Radio Caroline have just sent a foghorn message <laughs> to us. <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be just off the shore that way as well. I have. I've, I don't feel like I should admit this, but it's it's probably fairly transparent. I have accidentally offered up two fairly sound, not just low cost, but free places in the UK that you could go and visit and we, potentially we, experience. But we've spooks. just ruined our version because she's just coming with a Dan is coming with a link way too early. Yeah, I've blown my shot, as it were, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> way too early. I just done mine in, instead of your link. So we've now got to come up with two. <laughs> it new is leaves. it is so hot today that we have we're all over the place. And now all I can think about is the Hamilton shot song. I'm not throwing I'm not away throwing my, my, my shot. 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 I'm not throwing away. Oh no! Now we've got to pay for the copyright. <laughs> no, it's a disaster. But that's that's it. That's all I got. But that was now that you've was got to come, both, got to come up with different some links sort of link. Okay, I think I can do this because you're talking about ships. I am talking about And do you know what movie franchise I ship? Look, it's tenuous, but I'm going with it. What? So a a movie franchise that I ship, like you can ship people together. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with it. it. I got it. I got it. Uh, Is the Paranormal Activity series. 
which is all about found footage. And you may say that ships or the stories are found, usually no footage. I'm, I'm sort of giving up on it. It was tenuous. I'm hoping some people went with me. I'm hoping John I, I think people went with you. Stood there and went, where are we? And yeah. turned around and went back <laughs> Turn and, and then they, they, went, they came along with you, realised it was a calendar realized. ghost, and there was nothing there, and then they just went home. And then yeah. they went home. That's fair enough. I re- I've got a lot of time for that. I'm a fan of their series. You think that being a sceptic, I'd I'd be impervious to their atmospheric feel, but I'm just, I'm just bloody terrified. Paranormal activity. Well, what I love, what I love about terrifying. it is the sort of... Because you don't see anything, which I think is pretty true to experience. But uh, Well, also... <laughs> Well, also, as soon as you see something, a little bit like in uh, the film Jeepers Creepers, as soon as you see, oh, it's a flapping giant mutant bird, actually it becomes slightly less scary. Mm, the reveal. It's hard. Um, but and also, if you are watching Jeepers Creepers, I know this, this often turns into your film review section, <laughs> but if you're watching Jeepers Creepers, the first 17 minutes I counted 20 continuity errors. Oh, really? At which point I couldn't enjoy the film anymore. <laughs> well, and, and you think... If I'm what, counting continuity errors, errors, this is something's not a good going film. on. Yeah, <laughs> so. I actually that, that quite... maybe says something about Ross Andrews rather than about the yes. film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually Jeepers Creepers too. Ironically, it is. I mean, it's terrible, but I sort of enjoyed it more because they gave up on pretending it was on anything. Plot. Yeah, <laughs> they just they just went. Look, Save okay, up. here we go. Here's a cheap film, <laughs> and I I respect them for that. Uh, but yes, the paranormal tourist, the found footage, I find. I'm linking within my link now. It's off the chain. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. It's so hot. (laughs) But I find it interesting. Obviously, we've spoken about it before, how it's quite difficult to pick up these things on maybe camera or audio. And you've spoken before about things being in a certain place on time, like the ghosts on stage that you could only see if you're looking in a specific spot because of where the echo of that thing is or i'm not saying it very well because i am no paranormal expert sorry my brain's working really slowly could you say it's it's difficult to pick stuff up on camera or sound again it's difficult to pick things up on camera or sound how convenient <laughs> and it took well, me five seriously. minutes to get well, to that when it, comes, when it comes to phantom ships that is a very specific point because when we've talked about the fact that you're seeing something that somebody else has seen the problem with a phantom ship is they're mostly seen on land out at sea. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. What you're possibly doing is seeing the memory that somebody who used to watch that ship sail out every day Has because seen. their husband was on that ship as a right. fisherman or something. And perhaps that's what you're picking up on. They're less seen at sea. I mean, famously, you've got like Mary Celeste and things like that. Yeah. But it seems to be that if they're going to be seen at sea, they're on busy shipping lane type things. They're not going to be seen in just randomly sailing around. Now, you get ghost ships that wash up and all that kind of stuff, so we're not talking about those. We're talking about an image of something, uh, which is why where the calendar ghost, if you've got a lot of people in one place, the idea is that perhaps all of those people there have somehow boosted the signal of the image that was once seen there. But oh, I, I found that the more people you have in one space, the less likely they are to find something because they're finding everybody else interesting in some way. Your brain's sure. taken up with whereas the lonely wife waving goodbye to the man who can't see her on the fishing vessel that goes off, that's one person sort of daydreaming kind of thing. And so if one person's there, perhaps they'll pick up on that because they're not thinking about anything else. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, The idea being is if you had a camera on another ship out at sea pointing back at the beach where somebody is seeing the ghost ship, the camera on the 
boat is going to see nothing because at no point has anyone been in that particular position looking, okay. looking at the, back yeah. at that, okay. whereas the okay. person who was there every day leaving screen burn, you know, monitor burn, yeah. as it yeah. were, in that particular spot. And that's what you're looking at. You're looking at the, the burnt monitor yeah. of the yeah. ship image. Oh, that's cool. Whereas if you stood on the other side, you wouldn't see that because you're, you're in a different You're position. at the wrong place. Yeah. I wonder as well, there must be something tied up in this whole thing of something that we've witnessed now quite frequently that we live by the sea is the whole flying ship illusion which oh, I've mirage, never seen yeah. before but where it's sort of oh, yeah, yeah. It's it on the like horizon and it looks like it's floating that must contribute to the so idea of ship a ghost ship yeah, so my question is then for, for things like that if you think you're seeing something what's the best way of trying to capture that well not specifically to ghost ships but this is why if you can recreate the surroundings that's why it's thought you're more likely to see it so if for example, a room was painted purple. Yeah. And a particular person wore a particular outfit every day, stood in a particular spot in the purple room, and always did something, the same thing. It's left an impression in that room. That room could then be repainted, rebuilt, whatever. But if you painted it back to being purple and wore a similar outfit, the idea is you're kind of tuning into the channel that they were broadcasting on. Right, okay. So that's why you think in castles and places like that, where the decor has not changed, so it's still kind of in the same sort of look to the place, then your brain is tuning into it, so could possibly pick up the image. Does that make sense? I know yes. that. And that, we, and that must relate magic to... Magic with magic. Explain yeah. magic with magic. We spoke, we spoke recently about theatres, and it must relate yeah. again to that sense. There's so much, they are such high energy, such high emotion going on in one place, and often repeated yeah. as well, yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah. Well, and well, I guess with the, the sea, it's not like you redecorate the ocean, is it? No. <laughs> not often, anyway. But as I said, the, the witnesses are often on land. They're not at sea. Rather than at sea. There are occasional ones that do that. Yeah, isn't there that um, famous story the where they see... Are you going to go about see... the Flying Dutchman? Because that's another one that's where it's seen at sea. Kind of oh, thing. I don't know. It's where they they saw their shipmate who'd maybe gone overboard or something. They saw his face in the uh, waves. Yeah, for days afterwards, followed the boat, and they were seeing it. But they are in a position where they would have always seen that person. Does and they would sense? have seen his last Yeah, because he's from moment. that boat. So they're seeing that sort of reflection of... Yeah, they're right. in the place where that person once was, maybe. Mm. Um, not just caught under the ship, desperately kind of going, can you let me up? Stop staring at me. <laughs> yeah, stop staring wistfully at me. <laughs> I've been here for the last three days clinging to the rigging <laughs> yeah, of this no boat. No one is no, helping You're me. screaming and running away. Just taking pictures and saying how amazing <laughs> it is. <laughs> but in theory... As I said, explaining magic with magic. Yeah. They're, they're seeing a ghost of somebody who was from that ship, and they would have seen yeah. them in that I think position. there's even, I think there's a picture of that, and if so, I will try and find it and link it onto I vaguely, our... I think I know the picture you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's sort so of I in the clouds almost off the side of the ship. It's yeah. Kind of, whether it's pareidolia, I don't know, but it's um, it apparently followed the ship for days. The, mm. the, every night this image could be seen until they took a photograph, and then it, it's... It's a cracking yarn, either way. Absolutely. I don't know why you said cracking yarn, and then I don't know if it came on the recording. Something sounded like it got broken in a garden. (laughs) (laughs) Cracking, and then it was like the sound of cracking glass going on. But this is Ramsgate, your story. The second one, yes, indeed. Okay, so I'm going to link to a Ramsgate thing then, even though I've thrown away my shot already. Um, I'm not throwing away my shot. There is a park, from a tourist point of view, we can give a venue. 
that can be accessed for free, and that is Ellington Park. There you go, off you go. I'm done. Ah. Ellington Park. There we <laughs> go. Ellington the Park. Park. Yeah. Now, there was a mansion there that's now demolished and is now a rockery with lots of lovely flowers and everything. Not shrubbery. Um, but I've heard three different stories about the ghost that's at this place. There's lots of, and you talked about smuggling. Um, yes. There's lots of underground tunnels and things like that when it's related to smuggling that would go from houses to the caves at somewhere or other. There's loads of tunnels at Ramsgate, which are supposedly haunted. They're not open at the moment, so don't go there. But Ellington Park had a, a house that was demolished. People who lived in the house had a very dysfunctional marriage. And there's three stories. I have no idea which one is true, but all of them, if you research them on the internet, come up. One is that the wife stabbed the, hus- the abusive husband to death when he was drunk. Another is that the husband came back drunk. His name's Adam. Sprackling. Adam Sprackling. Came home drunk, was beating his wife up. The neighbour came round, interrupted it. But he went, oh, how are you doing? Let's have a drink. Um, ah. Went down to the kitchen. During which time she then took her daughter and escaped in the tunnels underneath the house that led to the smuggling tunnels. In the tunnels, the kid gets lost and dies somewhere in the tunnels. And it's the ghost of her that's heard, as you're in the park, running underneath, underground. Oh, wow. wow that's, that's a good one. That's and juicy. This, but, so we've had the ghost of him running around under the underground, or the ghost of the child running around. The other version of the story... <laughs> is that he killed her, then killed six dogs and threw them on top of her. Wow. In a weird way to blame a servant from a nearby house who he then smeared in blood. Of course. Martin, or whatever his name was. Uh, Then he ran into the tunnels, ended up dead, uh, but was caught in the tunnels executed. So it's one of those, I have no idea which one of those stories is true. But the sound of something running around tunnels underneath the park is heard. Oh, my goodness. Now, also in the park, there is a bandstand where the legend is that a woman was run down by a horse and cart. And she comes back uh, as a hooded, dark-clothed figure wandering around between the bandstand and the main uh, entrance and a path that crosses between the two. And I've had several reports from various ghost groups saying that they've seen this figure and sort of like five foot five-ish. Why five foot five? I don't know why that's stuck in my head. <laughs> five foot five-ish figure is normally grey or misty or a hooded dark figure walking across the park. It is a park near pubs and things. So obviously, if you are going there, be safe. Don't go on your own. Go with lots of other friends that can all look after each other. Be safe. Take people with you. Uh, but leave if it suddenly gets full of drunks and whatever. Five foot five hooded figures yes. stumbling yeah. out of exactly. local taverns. If they're five foot six, you're all you're right. Yeah, you're fine. fine. Absolutely, Absolutely fine. fine. Although that might be the ghost of Adam about to try and... Adam Sprackling, who's now going to stab you and throw six, six dogs. dogs on you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I like the thought that the ghost is like, I'm, I'm actually five foot five and a half. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he's haunting everyone. He's actually five nine, and he's furious <laughs> with this propaganda that's been that's been maliciously spread about his height. I don't even know what. Like, I'm so overwhelmed by the concept of throwing six dogs on. So I don't even know what. See, to... I thought you were going to say I'm so overwhelmed that I came up with a story that actually 
turned into something interesting about you. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that yeah, I mean, that's, that's without, that goes without there saying. There is quite a famous people talk about, it's, it's so common now that if people find, there is a sort of, if you kill someone, you should bury them really deep, and then a few foot above that, you should bury like a dog or something, and then, you know, if police dig oh, it up, they find yeah. a dog and they'll stop digging. But that's actually not the case. If they find something like that, they'll be able to see that the soil is displaced, and therefore they're going to keep digging. Um, it's a nice story, but it doesn't really help. It's, it's, it's a nice, nice story. Yeah, <laughs> well, not a nice story. Yeah, it's a nice Nice idea. Yeah. If it's, an, you're it's an incredibly disturbing right, some of that story. Also but goes back to way, way back, thousands of years, in the fact that they would often bury animals with people. With anyway, people, yeah. And sometimes alive, because the spirit of that animal. In um, Egypt, didn't they used to bury like slaves and things alive? Uh, we, it's a, a fact that has been contested uh, in many okay. ways. And yes and no, we don't know. Uh, there is a distinct possibility that they were, but there's also just as much likelihood that that's a myth. Yeah. We've talked about it before where you would bury an animal in the walls of a building that you're building as well. So animal spirits were there to ward off other spirits. So oh. you could get animals buried with, like a chieftain or whatever has his dogs buried with him or a horse buried with him and all that. And that, the spirit of that animal is there partly to help him go hunting in the afterlife, but also to protect him and his spirit from... Like you said, if the police turn up, yeah. but also if grave robbers and things like that were turning up and so on. Ah, like that. there was something yeah, so blocking that. The ghost of the, the black shuck dog oh. would be there to protect him. Oh, why? I'm, I'm just imagining the chieftain in the afterlife being like, right, here we go, boy, we're going hunting, and the dog being like, sorry, you what? <laughs> yeah. I got buried alive. No, you could do your own, like, you bring me something, do your own hunting. I'm not helping <laughs> you, honey. You'd be joking. Yeah, even like with slaves, you think you think oh, <laughs> in the afterlife they would at least have been given the time off. Yeah, we sat we sat next to your decomposing body, just awaiting death, <laughs> and that was supposed to be an honour. This what a crock. Well, I imagine they. That feels like an appropriate well an appropriate time. It just feels at least like we should shut this it down. Just feels like <laughs> time. It's just time <laughs> it's to stop. Time. That's it. It's just the time has come, and I feel like I can hear. The sounds that of DIY of in the background. <laughs> DIY. <laughs> what I the possibly phantom sounds of Frankenstein's lobster. lobster Currently doing to... a solo on a, uh, um, on a, a circular site. saw. By the <laughs> from underneath the sea. From the old church tower underneath the sea. Which from just the needed old forgotten A little bit town. sprucing up with a circular saw. <laughs> but... Uh, Oh the, yeah, I can hear now. Now you said it, I can hear that. You got yeah. it. You yeah, can yeah, all definitely. hear it. Yeah, yeah. It always happens this time, every year. <laughs> On this date. Cheerio. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. 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 It's too hot. It's so hot. It's too hot. <laughs>